What's up, everybody? I'm not dead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I have recorded several episodes, and they have not made it. <laughs> and why? Because I'm my own worst enemy, and I know that. And that's part of loving you, who you are, where you are today. Um, and I, I keep doing this. This one is actually live to all the platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. And so of the, some of the others, you know, uh, but they never made it to the podcast. This one is making it. It's titled Cycle Awareness and Thought Control. And I don't think that's what you think, <laughs> which is going to be part of the fun part of explaining the title. Um, the song here is one of my um, it's on my journey playlist, meaning that uh, I've added very pivotal um, you know, songs that mark a stake in the history of Tyler Slack and this made it um, when I had you know, reached outside and looked into my heart and began to grow and be me truly. And I was feeling this, you know, Phoenix rising from the ashes and the people around me. I didn't feel like they were recognizing it, which was awareness for me to realize is this growth for me or is it for someone else? And I have to remind myself, I'm not dead. I, I need to know that. Nobody else really needs to know that. I need to know it. That's the, the one that matters. And so I was shocked tonight when I go to find uh, what I'm going to feature uh, as a song. Um, I'm trying to be... Um, you know, I want to be legal about it. I also want to share brilliant, brilliant talent. Um, and so if I'm going to have a theme song, then I should definitely be legal about it. I could use this as my theme song. Um, I have the license for it. Unbelievably. I don't know if you've heard that before. That song is by Hawaii. They spell it capital H, capital A, capital W, capital A, capital I. Um, and, uh, actually really quick here. Let me, I, I needed some black, um, so some black in the background so that I could bring in the show like this because <laughs> these edges were showing when I had my video on. So you can find anything you need. It's all out there. This is 10 hours and one second of pure black screen on YouTube. And that's all. It's perfect. That's exactly what I needed. So thank you. Um, that is by can C and R fun. So thank you for the black screen. And, uh, I just want to, uh, start out 
just a little bit of uh, what I'm entertaining myself with, uh, what I'm inspired by. Um, oh, let's see. Let's do this screen. There we go. Or this one. There we go. Okay. So black screens that last 10 hours and one minute or one second are one, only one. Um, I'm also, oh, I, I remember now I was going to first segue into um, the music. That's what I want to do first. Yeah. Where's the music tab? We'll get it here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. It's down here. So this is um, the beauties of doing this completely live. There it is. Okay. So I I want to get back to this song. I was so surprised uh, when I went back to this um, audio.com that I subscribed to as a lifetime member um, a couple months ago, and there was good stuff on it. There's some, you know, brilliant, brilliant talent everywhere. And, and this company is kind of pulling some together. I, I guess they make, uh, some of them make, music for films, a lot of them for a living. Um, and then I see this song, I'm Not Dead, and and it was part of my journey. I found it, I think, maybe from another podcast. Um, and so anyway, that was cool to be able to use that like legally on my podcast is kind of fun. Um, let's see. The, before them, I was using Shiny Heads Productions, which I would still recommend. Um, he is a local. Um, in fact, oh, yeah. I didn't pull this tab up. I might have to do that real quick. Um, but uh, he is uh, a, he was an accountant for the company that I work for as an IT director at Chrysalis. And uh, he and his wife went off to do amazing things um, with a food blog. And, and, and they uh, thus emerged Hey Grill Hay, which is uh, awesome. And she is amazing. And Todd is amazing. And so this is Todd's website, Shiny Head, um, Shiny Head Productions. And so you can uh, get any, any music you buy at one time and you can use it any, any way you like. So it's very, very good. Um, I'm, I guess as long as we're pitching everything here, like I'm, I'm not getting paid for anything and I never will. Um, I really do feel like this is something that I will always offer for free, no matter if it's just for me. I'm loving this, um, but I want to highlight the tool, the good tools that are making it possible. And I and I pay for them. I mean, like StreamYard is fifty bucks a month, but I love it. Um, it makes it just really easy. I I was um, using a different product and really getting caught up in the technicalities of some of it, uh, and and just being a one man show. This is definitely the way to do it. StreamYard is awesome. Um, it, here's all the last, um, uh, broadcast and some of them made it, not, not, others did not. <laughs> um, and then before I get over to Facebook land, um, I want to show you, oh yeah, I was going to play, a, another cool song that I found here on this website uh, that could also be the theme song to this podcast and you know, who says there has to be a theme song. So maybe this is another one. So let's give this a listen. And I got some video that goes well to it. <laughs>
All right. <laughs> Good times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like, I like, definitely like to let my wild side out. And I, I think that's no reason doing that. I think I'm, that this is nothing new about me. Um, let's see. Oh. Okay, so here we are. Um, so for any anyone who is listening on, on just the audio land, um, I just played a little bit of video that I took one night um, where I got on a Facebook group and then just went through every single filter and adapted to the music that I was playing. Um, I was mixing music and and then just adapting to the filters. And I, it was so fun, like playing all these different characters. I'll, I'll mash that up sometime. And, uh, music, including the audio. There's a really funny one uh, part that I like where uh, I'm not actually going to do it. <laughs> All right, so I'm actually going to um, play music behind Get a little nice backing track. Of course, I have to mix it. I didn't mix it very well. All right, everybody. Oh, that's that's Wow. Okay. So um, I uh, I've been watching uh, some very thought stimulating TV as well. Oh, I started this too early. That we got to talk about the thought stimulating TV first. Holy crap! Um, so let me show you a couple of things that I've been watching. Um, I've been watching Westworld. Um, what season three got back to good? I thought season two kind of went off the rails just a little bit in in um, showing you a layer of the world that you didn't know existed, and it was good to see the late that layer. It plays well into the season three, but it was a little bit laborious and confusing. But and and I was with that lens. I was nervous and and started season three and episode one and two was like, oh, am I gonna hate this again? But uh, it got good. And episode five is um, was really awesome. I feel like the writers wrote it uh, to be potentially standalone. Like it it could stand on its own as um, an essay for how. Or, or one way we destroy ourselves <laughs> and, and, and create something new. That's actually really beautiful to me. And so, um, so this episode, uh, the guy from Breaking Bad, and I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not the one who memorizes all the actors and producers and everything's names, and I should. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but anyway, that character who I loved in Breaking Bad, by the way, and Better Call Saul is so awesome. So we'll talk about those more later. But uh, in this episode, um, the 
the I would call him the CEO of Google or, or or Facebook or the one of the companies that are collecting all the data on us. But in in this universe, it's some other company. I can't remember the name. <laughs> and and uh, and sorry if you're catching up to season three. This could be all spoilers, but uh, that's too bad for you. Or you can just forward through this. Um, so. Um, he is, uh, captured by the better, the breaking bad guy. Um, uh, and, and, uh, as a, as an attempt to get away from him, he pulled out, a a designer drug. It's, it goes in your neck and, and kind of just pokes in your neck and it's the designer drug is called genre. And what it does is take you on this journey with music, which I just love because you know me, that's what I do. I play music for people and heal their hearts. And so here is this, uh, something that, that combines the, that, that ability to, you know, manipulate your mind and, um, use music as a tool of language and perspective. And it's so beautiful because for me, it's always love. Even, even when it's angry and fierce, that's, that's part of love. That's part of love. And so um, I've always loved music. And here is this scene now I'm going to share with you um, where they're, you know, being chased by the bad guys who are trying to kill them, but uh, because of perspective, and, and I, yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened there. Hopefully, I'm still alive. Um, but so we actually have the opportunity to turn this on all by ourselves. So perspective is real and we have control of it, but I'll get, get to that in a minute. So here we are um, in, in the car chase and you'll, I'll point out, you'll, you'll notice the one who's, who's on genre. Stop. Why the fuck are we stopping? Get down. So you can see the genre right now is classical. Classical mayhem. And the genre just changed. That's basically what I want to show you. <laughs> oh man, so good. Oh man, I, I, and this episode, like I said, and I'll just say it again, really, really gives you a look at what could 
be our possibility right now. And in fact, I started asking the question, I, I'll, I'll go back to the screen since I'm talking about this still. I go back to the question. I know a lot of people I feel like, you know, but do any of you know the people who make these movies? Uh, I mean, there's tons of them, right? The, there's thousands. There's too many. We could never watch all the TV that's out there. And who knows those people? Like, I know, okay, I work at the Utah Jazz, so I know people who produce NBA basketball. Okay. Okay, so I have reached into some reality of this. Thank goodness, because I was blowing my mind there for a minute when I was like, I don't even know people connected to these people. Is that how removed I am? And, and actually going to get to some of that thought process um, in, in a, uh, I'm going to actually read something I wrote at, uh, towards the middle of this podcast that this all started making me realize I'm nothing. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so bad, but guess what? It's so freeing. Like I'm technically inconsequential potentially. I don't, we can now start and, Oh, I'm jumping the gun. I'm going to tell you uh, from memory my whole essay. Okay, so I will read that in a minute because <laughs> I'm about to just go crazy. All right, so the other thing that's really um, beautiful, uh, thought-provoking, thinking about the future of our existence and and how it ends and does it end and all the thoughts surrounding that, which is just, I love those thoughts. I love to, to think about the possibilities because I really believe the possibilities are up to us. They're in here. Our imaginations, we can literally create whatever we want. It's all here. Our minds are so powerful. And when connected with the heart, you cannot stop. The, the love wins. And it creates beautiful things. And it already has. It created me. It created you. So it's very, very good. Very good outcomes. We, They say, be like unto a little child. And it's because they know how to use their imagination. They know nothing else but to use their imagination. That's all they're using. And uh, we get trained out of that in the way that we get pulled into cycles. We give away that decision by making it and never making it again. And we make it subconsciously as children. We're under that waterfall of of circumstance and all we can do is suck it up that's all we do is is suck up that story those cycles upon cycles upon cycles and there our our imaginations allow us to work through all of the trauma and we put up the walls and and uh and protection um, and and the cycles have built-in protection to keep us attached. Um, it's unbelievable. So Star Trek, um, 
they they are now on this planet where oh more spoilers by the way if you're not caught up with star trek picard you you are too late to the game you've got to be having watched this already <laughs> so they're on this uh, planet where data um essentially gave birth to um you know to more so data is a robot um an ai and he and he has offspring uh and so now this is the planet where his offspring are growing up and and um and uh getting more sophisticated and more conscious uh and feeling and, and it's so so awesome to think about the possibilities um and and they have advanced and understand our true nature better than we do and it's brought out in this clip here they they had crashed and they need stuff to repair their ship so one of the um artificial intelligences um is going to give them a tool to use and you'll see here what happens this will help repair your ship uh, this um what is this it fixes things um how? You have to use your imagination. My imagination? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's what's up. And actually, there's another, there's a beautiful moment here. I, I like this. I, I didn't know I was going to play this, but uh, she, uh, you know, worked with Picard and she feels the need. I'm sorry. I'm breaking the rules. Good for you. After everything that you've done for me, I need to say thank you. I love you too. Oh, you don't have to say it back to me. I don't. Not unless you want to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I love you too, Rafi. Yay. <laughs> Everybody love love love. So, um that that's uh I love how that shows how we'll still be caught up in the cycles in in the future. <laughs> we, we're going to continually learn that we don't have to be afraid of ourselves. The only reason um, that we would, let me just get up the other screen because I'm not talking about interrogation, so it's confusing, I think, right? And uh, let's do this as well. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. We're done looking at TV. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, here it is. Okay, that's part of this I got to get better at. Um, oh, we are looking at one more music thing. Okay. So we're going to talk about Bernie and 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 talk about love because he, he's full of it, uh, of love. <laughs> and uh, um, he and I had the opportunity to join a little 21-day um, abundance challenge. And uh, Tikea led us in that. And it was very beautiful, um, and and uh, I can't wait to actually meet Bern in person 
because uh, he, he definitely was inspiring in, in some of the things he shared. So um, I, I happened to be out in the yard tonight looking up at the stars and they are shining bright. I was looking for some meteors. Um, there's going to be some meteor showers the next couple of weeks. Uh, tonight's maybe the, the first night, so maybe not the best night. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I... I uh, was listening to some music and uh, it was a brand new album by 36. And if you don't know who they are, definitely check it out. But um, it was very appropriate music for isolation. Um, Isolate yourself, social distancing, stay home and flatten the curve. So, uh, but they were, they were very beautiful. But I also um, ran into burn. He was putting on a little um, live concert for us. And so I wanted to give him a shout out and play, uh, let you feel his vibes. Mm. Yeah. How you guys doing? It's uh, a beautiful day. Yeah. Then I get caught up in my own way, but I'm learning how to let it go. Infinity straight from the sky. That's how I'm building, yo. Tap into a new instrumental to catch a feeling. I do it because I love it and never from that's a feeling. Spray fire from the tip of my tongue and I keep it raw. The rolling paper burning the minute that I get off. Say, used to work a dead end job. I hate it. Now I paid the rent. Say that it was luck, but I've been working every day for that. Wait too many years before I ever made a penny from it. Gotta face my fear. I would Ooh, love I that backing track. Ooh. Oh, hell nah. That's this shit is gonna connect with hearts and yeah anyway definitely vibe into that um, he's got lots of good energy he's also got a podcast so check him out um, he's definitely inspiring and shining bright in this world so I'm very appreciative to him yeah, um, how we feeling? Uh, actually, very grateful to I'm gonna get back to um, Chris Holyfield. I've got to produce better. If I'm gonna keep this live, that's the beauty of this, right? We get to um, learn by doing, and and Chris um, Holyfield would probably attest to that, but he could probably help me too. Um, he he posted today. If you live in Utah and you do a podcast, throw a link in the comments. And I've been connected to him in some form or fashion um, at some point because otherwise he wouldn't have showed up in my feed. Um, so thank you, Chris. I want to be reintroduced to you because I think we've met in person, but I can't be positive. Um, but I did go ahead and post the link to my podcast. And then I realized, good for me, because I didn't just self-destruct by saying, oh, mine doesn't deserve to be in this list. And now check out this list. 
look at this 88. I mean, I'm not sure every 88 has a link to a podcast because there are some people just pointing out, hey, Jen, come on, get your butt over here and post your podcast because I believe in you. Thank you for all the people who believe in us. Um, it's a lonely, lonely world. And it is that way for almost everybody who gets into this kind of stuff, um, putting themselves out there. And and so it, go give these people some love. I'm definitely going to be um, subscribing and I'm going to be basing um, my willingness to keep listening the same way that Marie Condi challenge us to, to think about our all our possessions does it bring you joy and if it doesn't it's okay this podcast may bring you zero joy stop listening please and if you're one of those people who listens to hate then i'm down hate on me i will be your enemy everybody needs I'm usually my own enemy anyway. So <laughs> we all are our own enemies. So anyway, thank you, Chris, for inspiring me to get my button to gear and actually make a, uh, another podcast episode that uh, might be just a little bit more current. Um, I I have been my own worst enemy, and good for me for recognizing it. Um, I'm picking myself back up and continuing forward because that's the only way that you get to where you want to be. Um, you have to think about it in the way that you want it to be. You can't wait until you've arrived because you'll never arrive. You have to, your, your arrival happens right here in your mind. That's where you arrive. When you say, I can do this and I am doing this. And it's okay that yesterday I was having a problem with my self-esteem, that I was scared of judgment. I was scared of rejection. That's only scared of me. That's only in my head because of the way I'm thinking about it. I'm making it mean something if nobody listens if people think it sucks <laughs> so what i'm loving this i'm having fun when i convince myself that it's something that i can do and i know that's the case because i do it and i want to teach you more about that uh cycle awareness recognizing the thought that you made previously that's so key you have to be able to see that cycle that you're so attached to that you don't even know it's a thought that you can decide again. And, but the, you'll get better at that. The more you um, come to group coaching um, and listen to other people recognize their thoughts, you'll recognize the way you're thinking in the same way and go, oh, wait a minute. That's a choice. I don't have to think about it that way. And that's when we can decide if that's a thought we want to keep or a thought we want to change. And, it's, and, and it applies to everything. And it's such a beautiful formula. Um, so anyway, if you are having 
some hard times with the podcast creations, uh, I'm sure Chris could give you a hand. Or you can take, you can decide that you're capable of everything and and start Googling it, Googling it and figure it out. And everything is figure outable. And I wish I could credit the person who said that. It's been said so many by so many great individuals in my life, but we're all borrowing from everybody. And that's okay. I I know I didn't say that, but I love I love it. It's all it's all figure outable. If you know who said it, leave it in the comments. Um you know, I just realized one of the ways that I'm still showing that uh, I'm I have my doubts like about what I'm doing, about how I'm putting myself out there. It's 12.37 in the morning. I doubt it's a mistake that I waited this late to begin because I'm looking at this number in the screen and it's a, it's a number next to the eye. I'll just show you. <laughs> it's gonna actually do a really cool, cool effect too. So that's awesome to me. I mean, right now, I'm very happy about that. And for the for the audio listeners, I'm I've got my Streamyard window up, and it shows zero people tuning in to the live broadcast. Thank goodness, because I don't know if I'm ready to have you guys watching me do this. I saw a couple of people pop in, which is cool. I'm glad it was cringeworthy enough. Um, not actually that it wasn't so cringeworthy that you couldn't look away. Oh, which is a perfect segue. Oops, I can't actually close that window. I want to keep it open in this other window. Okay, drag it back down. Awesome. I love this StreamYard. It's great. Okay, so um, so talk about cringeworthy and can't look away. Um, I don't know Brian Tome, and I, I wouldn't... I, I would love actually to meet him. Um, he's he's a pastor who um, is still attached to the the cycle of the way to learn the lesson is to experience the hardships of life and pain and and and, and that's definitely a cycle that can serve us absolutely. I, I think we're, we're moving uh, beyond that because a lot of that pain, um, while it is a part of love, that's how we recognize love. It's not the, it, it, we're usually causing it to ourselves because we're not aware. And, and so it's, it's interesting how it has evolved into we are aware and so we'll experience it. It, it, and and that's one step. Um, we we've got to where we just experience it, and and it, it it we know it's going to come, and it comes when it comes, and and we don't need to worship pain. We don't need to experience it on purpose. <laughs> that's that's the new message, I believe. And I'd love to have a talk with Brian about that. He may agree with me. And I'm just seeing it through a lens that 
this looks ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. This is nuts. So I uh, ride an adventure bike and um, I was scared shitless for 10,000 miles. And it was my first bike. I, I And I went for it. I got the 800, the um, F800GS or GS. Yeah, F, I don't know. It's a BMW adventure bike and uh, dual sport. So I just went for it and I was literally scared for 10,000 miles. And he's getting these nine riders together and he's they they are not experienced at all they like there's a clip of this guy who <laughs> let's see if we can find it real quick if i can scrub right to it oh that was a good one too she says destination called phantom lake among them are a single grad student. It's just me and Alexa. Alexa can't give me a hug. The photographer and Tinker. I'm going to turn this other one You need to get them. An adventure-starved accountant. I'm domesticated. I need an adventure, please. A second career jazz singer. This really is real. This is really happening. A college student. This is my valid motorcycles license. A multi-business entrepreneur. As far as my off-roading experience, there's a first time for everything. Take that, Rocky! Uh, a semi-retired lobbyist. You gotta keep that smile. Oh yeah! Quiet engineer. Hopefully I'll make some more close friends on this trip coming. And a diligent young father. I have a fear of heights. I overcome that fear. Long-time pastor, adventurer, and father figure Brian Tome will lead the way. Jesus tells a story about God. He says what God does to make it to the end uh, they wow. must overcome mental no. fatigue no way fatigue, man if that's how landscape i itself. started uh, on the edges of cliffs Will learning to ride a bike that's that's abuse that's abuse i'm sorry it and it end. shows throughout this whole thing <laughs> i wake up every day and i say to god god whatever you got going on today i want to be a part of it okay great i'm glad let's we're gonna do something really unorthodox. god is saying is going on because i don't think he's saying go and risk your life to learn a lesson i i'm just gonna speak up about that that's what i don't believe that and and yet i'm i'm going to admit that there can be lessons from it i'm not denying that um but i think we're moving beyond this you know forced pain this forced suffering this this is how you're gonna learn by and you can learn i'm like I'm, i think i'm a broken record now at this point i've i've already admitted that there's something to learn but that's not how we have to we can we can now evolve from that and uh so that's one of the cringeworthy parts of this that that i'm like oh because they yeah i i'm gonna just hold space for it by not uh continuing to, to, to talk about it except to say um yeah i like i honor the this creation like nine i think or seven episodes and and the the camera work the crew all that took to to put this together like good for you i i really admire that you're putting yourself out there and and doing it in a way and creating taking control of what 
we all have the opportunity to do. So I totally recognize that uh, the hours and hours and hours of, of work that went into this. And uh, I'd love to actually talk and actually I'm going on my uh, ride uh, next week. Um, I'm going to be on my bike for a couple of weeks. At least that's what I told my boss and my wife. Um, but uh, that I don't want to be away too long, but I do want to uh, try, you know, see the country, especially right now when I'm not working um, at the Utah jazz not working at uh, Real Salt Lake. So I actually have some weekends I can do. I have an amazing IT team that's uh, supporting an amazing company. So I think this is just really good timing, even though a lot of people would say it's not good timing at all. What you're leaving your family in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'll look you up. Maybe I think you might, I don't know exactly where you're from, but I'll, I'm going to figure that out. Brian, and maybe we'll hook up for a little bit of the ride. Um, I'll uh, I'll be forwarding you the link to this episode. Awesome. So let's see. So that I guess that takes me into um, the point of this part of the podcast, which is for me to read this article that I published just the other night. It's I called it "Shed These Chains of Love," a treaty for the end of abuse cycles. And what's interesting I find about the way I wrote this is it's um, like it was almost a thought download. Um, it was a stream of consciousness. And so to me, it was inspired. And I, and I, I, I mean, this is just another layer of my heart. Um, and I, I feel I'll point out the ways that it's interesting the way that it came onto paper um, or the internet in form of, in the form of text. Um, there's a, there's a, it turns out there was an art to it. And I want to point out that I did choose shed these chains that you would think break these chains from a erasure. I mean, that's, that's the cliche way to put it at this point. I think we are beyond breaking them. They're hanging off of us. They, they have been broken. Society has given you permission. They are broken. Now just let them fall. Like we're holding on to them. This should be the chains in her hands or his hands and they can't let go of them. We can let go. Let go of the chains. It's the cycle that we don't realize we can choose again. We can choose out of that cycle. And uh, here's uh, the essay, Shed These Chains of Love, A Treaty for the End of Abuse Cycles by Tyler Slack, written on April 15th. <clears throat> I needed to get a drink of water. <laughs> One second. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be better. <sighs> okay. I didn't want to have to interrupt the read for a drink of water. So 
isn't this fun to get to listen to kind of the behind the scenes? Like all this stuff gets edited out of, of other podcasts, but, and cool, man. Like if this isn't your thing, then, then that's totally okay with me. I, I get it too. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Let me start again. Shed these chains of love, a treaty for the end of abuse cycles by Tyler Slack. As much love as I think I might have to offer the world now, or even in the future where I'd have learned to love so good that I'd be unstoppable. I recognize tonight for the very first time, how much of an insignificant piece of the puzzle I am in the grand scheme of things. I'm nothing even with everything I've done or accomplished in order, according to my ego. Number one, IT director for multi-state company that provides behavior supports and residential living for individuals with intellectual disabilities. Two, graphics and replay operators for the Jumbotrons at the Utah Jazz, as well as the video board operator at Real Salt Lake. That was number three. Four, certified life coach. Five, owner of Slack Assist. Six, DJ for festivals and Burning Man camps. Seven, healer of hearts with music and plant medicine. Eight, survivor of a thriving mixed faith marriage that is getting closer and closer to perfect every painful day. Knowing that the pain is part of it. Understanding that without pain, we don't even comprehend joy. Like the serrated blades of a knife, it rips through the heart, but that's the only reason you know you have one number nine cancer survivor number 10 wife and two kids survived a car accident that nobody would have thought anybody could walk away from number 11 was in a commercial to stop the passage of referendum one in utah in 2009 12 created a website for utah pta to track bills during the legislative session for the last 10 years 13 Testified in committee meetings during previous legislative sessions in the Utah legislature. 14. Wrote education blogs under the pseudonym Cerebrate. A take on the word Cerebrate for those in on the joke, which is just so funny. Am I right? (laughs) Cerebrate. 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 Number 15. Lived overseas for two years in Germany and learned to speak the language fluently. 16. Grew up in a city where gang violence was prevalent, witnessing brutal fights and violence perpetrated by adults, teenagers, and parents alike. The parents stuck in their cycles of of abuse, handed down from generations, each generation learning and growing, but still unknowingly promoting violence as a solution to problems, realizing only too late that they weren't perfect and had already passed down the cycles unawares hoping that their children would improve on it just a little better and understanding when their children get upset that we weren't perfect either, that they'd learn for themselves one day that they did do their very best and that was good enough because slowly but surely we crept our way out of the cycles and recognized them and shouted them from the rooftops and were brave enough to talk about them even though those we love the most are the perpetrators giving courage to those who have spent years perfecting the art of avoiding the abuser and not triggering their abuser and making sure the abuser is happy at all times and all ways, only now finding that avoidance is impossible 
in times of quarantine. The abused are being forced to spend time with their abusers, and the cycles of abuse are too many to categorize. It doesn't look just one way. It is all ways, and in the mind of the of and in the mind of the abuser, it is always. And that is not okay. We draw the line as human beings. It is not okay to hurt other human beings. We draw the line. It is not okay to hurt other human beings. We're getting better at recognizing the recognizing the ways that we can do better to not just recognize the cycles and stop the cycles, but that we don't start back up the cycles of abuse. We stand not to condemn the abuser, but to lift up the abused. When we can do this from a place of love, we show the example we meant to teach our children, but they grew up by the time we learned the lesson. Let us continue to show the way. May the abused at this time find the time to stand up to their abusers and break the chains of bondage. Be free. You are a human being deserving of love. You are the only one that can give that to yourself. Love comes from within. Let your light so shine. We are here to believe you. We are here to support you. We are here to love you. And most importantly, we are here to help you learn to love yourself again. You are worthy. I am worthy. We are worthy. Number 17, started working at the age of 12, taking on one paper route and adding another to it, working on a farm, picking corn and selling the produce in the street stands. 18, working three jobs in high school, all while, all while taking advanced classes and participating in lead roles in the musicals and singing in two performance choirs. 19, being introduced to aforementioned cycles of abuse sexually by an aunt who was abused by her father, who was the same person who abused my mother, my mother, who did her so, so very best and who I'm so proud of and love so, so much. My mom, she tried so hard to break the cycle of physical abuse, but she wasn't perfect. She was the best she could be. She was. Twenty, poked and prodded from the age of 11 to 15 to try to find out why I was suffering, suffering from occasional seizures. 21, performed in piano competitions at the Utah State Fair. 22, born in Japan. Despite all of that, all that story, I am nothing. I truly understand what it means to be the 99%. Today is the first time I truly felt it. And I am so honored to be among you. 
I had hid that reality from myself. My dear ego was trying to protect me from the harsh truth for those who are led to believe that belonging is the only way of being, that you have to achieve something to be something. I call bullshit. Today, I actually learned the lesson. I had been telling myself that I was enough but I was still seeking to be among the 1% as proof of worthiness. So how do I know that it's all bullshit? That being among the 99% is all that is necessary? I know because the people who are homeless out on the streets of Salt Lake City, who I play music for under a bridge on Thursday nights, are beautiful human beings. And by the looks of it, they haven't accomplished anything. By every standard, they are failures. Of course, we all cry, wrong. These individuals are human beings. They are worthy of love. They deserve to learn how to love themselves. When we truly believe that, we'll eradicate poverty. People dying of hunger will be something when we drop our jaws in awe that it ever happened. The same way we're shocked that the chickens lived in complete darkness before they were slaughtered for us to eat. We're waking up to these cycles of abuse. There is only one way that we'll be able to teach this important lesson. We can show them by loving ourselves. We set the example of love and let people learn to love. This is a lesson that cannot be forced. It can't be told. Those who have, haven't already learned the lesson or who aren't ready to learn the lesson don't even understand what this paragraph is talking about. They'll skip over it and consider it insignificant. Some are reading through this paragraph again to see what they missed. Some are waking up to it for the first time. Just now. You're welcome. So if I'm aware that I'm nothing... What is my motivation to continue to exist? I could leave it there <laughs> and the article disappear. But the moment I have that thought, I'm so insignificant. That's the thought. I'm so insignificant. So insignificant that I could just disappear and nobody would notice. <laughs> I'm suddenly aware that I'm everything. I'm everything. I'm somebody's son. I'm somebody's brother. I'm somebody's husband. And I'm somebody's dad. I'm somebody's IT director and Jumbotron operator. Ah, nothing else matters after that. I just want the fucking Utah Jazz to play basketball again. And I want Donovan and Rudy to be friends again. I want things to go back to the way they were. Or... Do I? No. No. See how easy it is to get caught back up in the cycles? 
We cannot go back to the way things were. We need to stand up for the abused. We need to feed the hungry. We need to clothe the naked. Recognize the cycle. We are made of cycles, and we can always recognize the cycle and the way that we give away control to the cycle to the point that we stop making a conscious choice. A conscious choice to feel and out of all the feelings we could choose to feel, is it, it is always love that feels the very best. And just like the blades of a serrated knife, it can cause a bit of pain. But it's because of the pain that we can recognize the joy. When it comes to talking about abuse, religion is one of the trickiest to talk about. Almost as tricky as having the courage to come forward about your mother, the abuser or your father, the abuser, or your spouse, the abuser, or your brother, the abuser. It might be even trickier depending on the protection that an abusive cycle will tend to build up for itself. No abuser wishes to be discovered, just like our egos don't wish to be known. Our collective egos come up with built-in protections to protect a cycle as agreed upon by multiple egos. So much harder than when the built-in protection is your vengeful creator. No doubt man-made. Or is it? If God is love... And if joy includes pain, why wouldn't God be also pain? And if we're the creators of our story, why wouldn't we tell it the way it is? Because we are the creators of our own happiness, and we are definitely the creators of our own pain. It's an all-too-familiar story, the story of us, isn't it? It just repeats itself outside of ourselves, something to point at and pretend that it's not us. The biggest abusive relationship to correct the story on is the relationship that we have with ourselves. I am my biggest abuser, full of self-sabotage. And why wouldn't that be the case? The whole thing, the entire story is a metaphor for me, for you, for us. So we can finally start realizing that we're enough. We can love ourselves for who we are, not for tomorrow, for today. I am nothing. I am everything. I am. Recognize all the ways that you are. You are love. I see me because I see you. Just like you, I am also enough. I am worthy of love. I am love. <sighs> I wonder if that actually took eight minutes. I posted that on Medium, and uh, they say how long the read should take, so it'll be Interesting to play that back and see if that was eight minutes. Um, so I, I uh, 
want to point out the irony, and I don't think it's a mistake at all. I, I, I didn't plan it this way. This is the way, this is like in art form, how we um, are our own worst enemy, if you will. So I recognize the title um, points to the main lesson of this article, but as you can see, it's quite the journey through your mind. And the main point of the article, the thing I want people to see the most is trapped in this huge paragraph of text. <laughs> this is the perfect way that I lose my audience in written form. Number 16 is too long and people will skip right past it and they're going to miss the point. And I'm leaving it that way because I love that I recognize that what I did there. I love that I recognize it. And it can be part of this podcast as I recognize I buried my main point because it's scary to talk about. It's so scary to still talk about our abusers and talk about and break and say, this cycle doesn't serve me, but that's how we get out of the cycle. I was so proud to um, be uh, involved in a movement to bring more awareness about the way religion abuses power and privilege. And especially when it comes to young children who are being interviewed, I, uh, I, I really am happy to see how that's progressed to all, all religions to, to try to, to bring awareness. It's not just one religion that uh, can look at the way that they are still attached to decisions that their parents and grandparents and grand-grandparents made that in their time served them. Okay, are they serving you today? We get to decide again. And we can say, I can see how that was established as a way to control people. And it's also not. It obviously depends on the way the interview is conducted. And there's plenty of uh, individuals who conduct amazing and loving interviews, but that's not always the case. And if we can recognize the ways that there always will be outliers and say, what can we do to make sure that we err on the side of love? Is this love or are we perpetrating fear when these people do it wrong? Do we need to help them understand the way that they can let go of that and do it different? And it's okay. We can change. It's good. And so um, the other thing that I thought was cool was um, when I talked about um, the way things, going back to the way things were, realizing that that's not what I want um, it, I mean it, you can see this text and it is the blade and the edge of a serrated knife. I'm dead serious. I don't want to go back to the way it was. We can recognize that it did not serve us completely. Let's take the things that didn't serve us like world hunger. And it, as long as you compete then you're going to be uh, okay. I'm, I'm arguing that we leave people behind and these people are human beings and it's not okay. And I'm going to 
combat that by talking about it and by recognizing that that isn't the way it has to be. Oh, that reminds me. I need to talk about this beautiful, beautiful show. Um, see, it's called, I just watched it, Crip Camp. Crip Wait, Camp was awesome. <laughs> Here's a, a clip. Yeah, I got to turn it back up. These people changed history all because they were given a voice. And they were given a voice as children. Read off the list, the names of people who are going to be speaking tomorrow. There were many different committees that were working on media. Oh, you're not seeing it. Okay. Hopefully you can hear it. Medical issues and different things like that. You can hear it. Okay, so this um, movie that I'm trying to show you that is not coming through, but you can see the title here, Crip Camp, a Disability Revolution. The Obamas are um, executive producers, I believe. Um, it is such an amazing example of the ways that we can take control of our reality and do something about it. And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes people like me speaking up. It takes people like you shining bright. And we'll all do it in our own different and unique and beautiful ways in our own spheres of influence. And that's what it's going to take. And we can do it. Um, so I want to teach you the way that I've been taught. So once we recognize the, this, um, cycle that doesn't serve us anymore and it, and it, and we know it because it's, it's attached to a thought every time. And we can think about, wait a minute, is that the way I am choosing to think about it right now? Like, is this a conscious choice to think about it this way? Or am I just stuck in my old thought about it? Which means that it's a belief. It's something you no longer actually think about. And the key is to recognize that you're not thinking about it anymore and to take back the thought and say, hey, wait a minute, I can choose differently. And so the easiest way to do that one one of one of the ways there are so many ways you got to find your way and and the way that i'm going to teach right now is not my way and and i don't even know that i can explain my way <laughs> so that's going to be interesting because i'm going to have to figure that out and 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 kind of help you understand how unique your way can be. But one way that's suggested is by just doing a thought download, writing everything down, that uh, every thought that comes to your mind. And uh, in the past, this has been called, you know, it's called a stream of consciousness, consciousness where you just write and write and write with no judgment. And But if you have a little bit of guidance with that these are thoughts that you're writing down. I need to go to the store. Um, you know, I all the thoughts that come to your mind, and usually in the morning is a is a good time to do that because you're you're waking up and there's something new before you. There's a blank slate that you get to fill in with thoughts. So, what are your thoughts about the day? Once you write them all down, you can see some how how some of them are 
um, things that uh, you might be discouraged by. Th- those are one of some of the best thoughts to 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 concentrate on because um, if any of your thoughts are um, associated with a negative feeling, it's because of the thought. So if you have a dentist appointment that day and your past cycle has taught you to be afraid of dentists, then your thought about going to the dentist is probably, I don't want to go to the dentist. And there's going to be a dozen other thoughts associated with that. And so when you um, answer the question, why don't you want to go to the dentist? Why don't I want to go? Because the dentist is scary. Okay, let's talk about that thought. The dentist is scary. And we can we can continue to get down to more thoughts with it. And the idea is to get down to the thought that really um, resonates the most feeling in you. Okay. So um, once you you say why does the de- why is the dentist scary? Because when I go, I hear sounds that scare me. Why do the sounds scare me? Well, I had my I I had uh, all my teeth taken out when I was two years old because I was allergic to milk, and it you know did something to the enamel. So they oh. They didn't tear out my teeth. No, they put caps on them, silver caps. And I just, I guess I wished they were torn out because I I didn't love them. My, I had this shiny grill, which, man, I could have totally maybe started a trend. Maybe that's why there's a shiny grill trend. <laughs> but I was, uh, you know, they all fell out when I lost my teeth. And, and so maybe that's why, um, you know, Maybe that's why I can I can get down to this base thought that I was traumatized as a child, and I and and at, at the point that we think we've gotten down to the truth, we ask ourselves, would everyone agree with me? Is this fact? Is is this um, something that that can be proven in a court of law? And if you can't say yes, and, and it's, it's hard because you have to think about it without bias and, and, and really believe that somebody else could think, okay, so in my case, I was traumatized as a child by the dentist. Well, traumatized is pretty subjective. That's something that, there, you know, how, how can you compare my traumatized to someone else's traumatized? Um, I'm going to have to get more specific of the dentist capped eight eight of my teeth. Oh, let's see. I think we're down to fact now. The the dentist capped eight of my teeth when I was two. Okay. Wow. Where's the scary words in that? I mean, it sounds like a medical procedure. Like it, it sounds like he was helping me. Oh, he was helping me, right? <laughs> oh, that dentist. Even though you know, maybe I was crying and not wanting this. You know, not understanding what was happening. 
but he was helping me. So I could have had a lot worse problems. Oh, so all of a sudden I'm doing my own thought work to change the thought potentially and think about it differently. And, and at the root of the cycle where it began, why all of my other experiences that I blew right by, and maybe I wouldn't have if I wasn't where, you know, have having practiced this, um, I, I might have just talked about my last visit with the dentist and built up all the stuff that went wrong and all the noises I heard and all the ways he disrespected me by asking if I wanted gas. I already told you I wanted gas. That's what I said. I, uh, losing my shit. All of that me, this dentist, I'm sure I, and I've been to many, many dentists because I embarrassed myself so hard for so long. I couldn't go back to the same dentist because I was such a dick. And so there was something real to it. I'm not saying fear isn't real. It's real. And it deserves space. And, and, but it also is something that we get to control. We get to decide what our thoughts are. And so when we can break it down to the facts and explain it and tell the story in a way that is factual, it takes all the scary out of it. And so now I'm not, now I'm thinking about that core reason for fear in a little bit different way. And now I'm realizing maybe I can let go of that fear. Because when I say a dentist kept eight of my teeth, and I can even add, add some subjectivity back on to the story because it's my story. Now, now that I know, I don't have to be factual about it. I can say he really wanted to help me so bad and was so nice to help me. You know, like I that that story now serves me to think about this differently and and uh, take control of fear and not use it to what do I want healthy teeth? Yes. So I'm in fighting what I want. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have it. <laughs> so that's just one way. So the, the model here is that we recognize the fact we get it down to fact. And then what is our thought about it? So what is our thought about that? And, and when we think something about that circumstance, it creates a feeling. And that feeling motivates action. And that action is our result, which is how I know that this podcast is working because I made a goal to come from a place of love in all that I do. And when I'm doing this podcast, that is what I'm feeling, and it feels so good. <laughs> and then I have to fight with myself because that's part of us. We are all so bad. And so as I recognize, hey, that's me, that's who I am right now, I don't beat myself up <laughs> And that's when I do it perfectly. When I don't, which is most of the time, I beat myself up and then <laughs> am aware 
But the key is be more and more aware of the way that we are our own worst enemy. And we can change that. We're the only ones who can. Um, so, yeah, and, and another way I'll just, for anybody who's been to the website, maybe seen a challenge, um, I, I doubt you have because I self-sabotage myself by posting the challenge, 16-day meditation challenge uh, based on this 21-day challenge, abundant challenge that I talked about earlier. But did I tell anybody about it? I, I didn't. I didn't tell anybody about it, not on the podcast, not on Instagram, not on Facebook. I was scared for people to know about it because it would mean I'd have to do something for 16 days. And maybe I knew that I was taking a motorcycle trip across America, which I'm so excited. I am actually not going to be reporting about that on social media. I'll be recording my thoughts uh, privately and eventually it will make it to a podcast. I, I know like I'm feeling drawn on this journey. My heart's leading me and I'm so excited for the experiences I'm going to have um, and what I'm about to learn on this soul journey on this soul journey. And I have a lot of uh, amazing books that I'm going to be listening to. And I'll be thinking a lot of amazing thoughts and letting my imagination go wild so that I can bring back all the possibilities that exist and, and create them and make them my reality. So I appreciate all of you who have tuned in briefly, or maybe you stuck it through to the end. I really appreciate you. Um, I, I do want to continue just giving of myself and putting myself out there, showing people that it's okay to fail. I'll say it again. I've recorded probably three different episodes between the last one that I published and this one that I'm gonna publish, damn it. <laughs> And again, thank you, Chris. Thank you for that inspiration. Thank you for letting me post on your feed about my podcast. And if you are a listener from that, let me know. And then thank Chris. And I would love to make sure I check yours out as well. Um, so post post your podcast in the comments. Um, let's definitely support our local talent. Oh, and that's right. So back to Hey Grill Hey. Let, let me uh, just look look them up real quick. Hey, real, hey. So Susie Bullock. Um, she is going to be, I'm going to actually get, oh, oh yeah, I totally got to get back to this too. Um, man, talk about doing the right thing. Check this out. So this is a good friend of mine, Isaiah Croson, and um, this um, weave thing was going around and I started to see people, uh, the first I saw of it was people uh, basically shaming people for doing it, for being suckers, for being part of a Ponzi. Ah, and, and I'm sure that people had amazing intentions and it, it's not meant that somebody at the bottom um, put into it and didn't get anything out of it. Um, although that is definitely a part of the cycles <laughs> and what I love is that my friend Isaiah um, did not 
um, give in to the cycle of shame. Um, he he says he he. Yeah, he says he's not, and and I'm so proud of him. He says, I'm not ashamed to say I pitched into this loom. Who wouldn't want to make money and help their friends do the same? The majority of us just want to help each other, and it's sad that those intentions can be twisted. Now is not a time of shame, but a time for education and action. I chose to pay an additional 100 to pay back the one friend I convinced. Some of you who pitched in may not have the means to do the same, but if you can, please do, and please tell those in your looms to do the same Today, I could have received 800, but I chose out, and you can too. Wow, he chose out. That took courage because by saying that, he had to recognize anyone who thinks that he was silly for doing it in the first place and judging him for it doesn't matter. The more important thing here is doing the right thing. Admitting when we're wrong, or even unintentionally, this there was no harm meant when Isaiah joined this. It was full of love, and yet he recognized the way it could be hurtful, and made a, a different choice. Thank you for being that example. And then um, that led to uh, a very cool little um, event. I'll plug here: Astral Projection Festival, um, April. Um, 18th, this Saturday from, you know, whenever you sleep and dream, um, you're invited to go to sleep with some intention and write about it and then share. You don't have to, but share on the thing. And, and it will just be interesting to see how many synchronicities there might be, what, what maybe we are in some other plane when we sleep, or maybe we can be and have that ability. I know I do. I love it. <laughs> it's it's a treat to to sleep and wake up so happy and so refreshed because you were in your own universe doing good and loving. It's real. And it it is you it it is a love thing. I I don't I at least that's how I've experienced it. I'm I'll hold space for that it's different for other people, but that's what it's like for me. Um and and so check that out, Astral Projection Festival. Um let's see. <sighs> now I can't remember how I was wrapping this up. I kind of got distracted. And it'll be funny when I listen back to this and go, oh yeah, I was gonna do that. Um so I guess that that will do it for this this episode. I'm really glad that you joined me and um I I I was saying please support your local artists. And that that probably just reminded me to do what I just did. Now I've done it. Check it off. Boom. Yeah. All right everybody. I I love you all. Thank you so much. Um and have a good night.
Cultivating love and connectedness can help us reawaken to the fact that quality of life is based on real human connections and celebration of life, and it isn't dependent on success and money and consumerism. In Braiding Sweetgrass, Robin Bull Kimura talks about how in the indigenous language, Kotawatoimi, nouns and verbs, both for animate and inanimate, the language extends animacy to water, drums, land, rocks, mountains. And in aphorism, Af and Sil Co talk about how in some indigenous cultures, they don't have a word for nature because they don't see it as separate from them. It's a thing that they are part of. English, on the other hand, doesn't give us any tools for incorporating any respect for animacy. You are either a human or you are a thing. We give personhood to corporations, but not to nature or to animals. The English language essentially gives us permission to disrespect nature because the only way to be worthy of moral concern is to be human. It gives us permission to pillage, plunder, kill, because we believe that we are more deserving than the other 8.7 billion species with whom we share this earth. Learning the grammar of animacy helps us have a deeper respect for nature and other beings. We must begin to listen and learn from non-Western cultures who have this type of understanding of the interconnectedness between us and nature and other beings. We need to cultivate a deep understanding that we are part of nature, part of deeply interconnected systems that all depend on each other, rather than completely believing us to be better than or worthy of dominating nature. Love and interconnectedness isn't a passive thing, it activates us to respect and care about nature and other beings on this earth. This isn't just some wishy washy stuff, some of the most revered Because the truth is the suffering With the light inside and all my guides I hold the key We hold the key
recognize how incredibly lucky we are to have one in our and food on our table. We're going to be aware of how hard it is to which is why I'm actually going to be
Thank mm-hmm. you.